There we go. That's good enough. Okay, how's that? Well, uh, Shane, thank you for that prayer. Thank you, Ted, for coming up. Thank you, Chris, for that very kind introduction. Thank you, West Ark, for your hospitality. Thank you, Rick, for just being such a huge part of the work that we're doing in Guatemala. Thank you, Cade, for your, my, you just, you blew my mind, you know, getting to meet with you and, and Sarah, and, and uh, I don't know where Sarah's sitting, but, oh, there you, there she is. Thank you all so much for being such a great light to your area, to this part of Arkansas, to, to all of Fort Smith, to University of Arkansas, Fort Smith, to the lost that are, that are around you and for being an influence all over the world for the light and the love and the power that comes through Jesus Christ. I am just blown away by uh, just what I, I've come to know about you, about your, you being such a people of love and of compassion. You know, uh, I can't thank you so much for just the love that's been shown to me personally and our family, whether it's to come and to support us in our feeble attempts of trying to share the gospel with, with others in Guatemala, or in, in my own personal need, being laid up after surgery in San Francisco and Colleen Shirley flying in and trying to fatten me up to get over that, giving us homes to stay in here, warm welcomes. I just, I can't say it enough. I thank the Lord for the West Ark Church of Christ. You know, it's, this is a, a, a wonderful opportunity, or uh, I don't know what you'd call it, a wonderful adventure for my family to get to come here to the United States, to get to be refreshed. Uh, somehow, this crazy marathon run that we're in, it energizes us. We need to go home and hide and rest and recover from this vacation. And our kids, you know, they, I don't know what we're going to do with them when we get home and they don't have Shane Boxnick and, and their 400 grandparents that they've had all over the country from this trip. But when we go home, I know that this will be a treasured memory for us. And one of the, the things that to us has been just so refreshing has been air conditioning. And everywhere we've gone, there's been hot water and water pressure and electricity everywhere. You know, we do better than most in San Cristobal with those things. But sometimes it's a challenge. And even the week before I came here, I went off to uh, a number of churches that are about eight or nine hours away from the capital city. It's, an, it's a place where uh, the great Rachel Knoll and and Rick have been with me before, and it's a different world once you start getting out of the capital city. And there's just, the further you get away from the center, the, the center of Guatemala, the fewer and fewer resources, the fewer and fewer, uh, you know, luxuries come about. We were out there working with some churches that, that I uh, have been working with for a number of years, some church plants out in that way, and they just, they're cut off from the world completely, cut off from other churches cut off from a lot, and much like you guys are encouraging me today, I was there to try to encourage them and trying to bring resources to them, and it came time to eat, and we pulled into this island, this beautiful area called Isla Flores, and there was no electricity, and so here we were looking for a restaurant that had gas, <laughs> we were hungry, 
And it's, there's something about being away or not having access to power that us today, we can find quite uncomfortable. So when I, when I tell you that I'm, part of being on this trip has been coming into the access of this amazing power grid, that's one of the things I miss about being in the U.S., you know, Wi-Fi and ice in my iced tea, air conditioning, hot water, all these things. And this picture that I'm showing up here, I don't know how well you can see it, is, a, is an illustration. I, I guess this would, would, be, would have come from like a, uh, a mosaic of satellite images at night, and it shows pretty well. Uh, a nighttime at night looking down from space on the on at the world you can see areas that that have a lot of access to electric light and a lot of areas that don't you can actually tell the borders of North Korea at night from space because there's very little lights that are on in that country this is the United States we can pick out Dallas, Arkansas, you can see Florida. You can just about, you can pretty much tell the geography of the United States on this picture. It is lit up bright and shining at night. And I use that as an illustration to get us into our scripture for today. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea, Samaria, and to all the earth, Acts 1.8. What we find in this, in this passage is, number one, a promise of power. God's people have the promise of the power that comes from the Spirit of God. And we also have a charge. We have a call to then go out into the world with a, emboldened and strengthened by that power and to share the message of God as God's witnesses... And in this case, it starts at home in Jerusalem, out into Judea, Samaria, and all the earth. So this, we'll, we'll be returning to that thought. But I want to show you another map, and I don't know how clearly you can see this, but this map is another representation of power. You can say it's another representation of light. This is a map that shows the prominence of world religions and where they are they they are expressed most you know I guess more strongly I don't know but the the most uh, accumulation or or concentrations of those powers throughout the world this uh, kind of gross bluish color is Roman Catholicism up here in this kind of burnt scarlet color I guess would be Protestant Christianity, you have the Sunni Islam, you have uh, Shia, uh, Hinduism. This map shows us where the, the light of those religions, where the power of that influence is expressed throughout the whole world. It is true that this map encourages me. It encourages me when I see that North America, when I see Europe, and all these others that have such a, 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 a access to Christianity and to the power and the light of God. But you know what else this map shows me? 
we still have a lot of work to do. There are still a lot of areas of this world where the power of God might be choked out by other influence, where the power of God might not be shown as brightly as other things. It shows me that the Christian mission still has work to be done. There are almost three trillion unreached people living today who have never heard of Jesus. I've I've found that number. You know, it's like the internet. You can find anything, true or false. And and that, that number seems to me to be unrealistic. How can that possibly be when we have flash mob videos of people singing gospel songs in Chick-fil-A. How is that possible there's almost three trillion people in the world who are unreached by the gospel of Jesus Christ? There are roughly 204 million individuals in the world who have no scripture or audio recording available in their primary language. With all the printing presses, access to the internet, television programs, radio programs, how can that number be possible? 204 million people that don't have access or don't, or don't have the Word of God in their own language. That number really seems unbelievable. But as I start to think about the context that I live in Guatemala, we have 28 languages. 28 Mayan languages in that country. And out of those, over half of them do not have the, the, the whole Bible in their language. And about a quarter of them maybe only have the Gospels. My country is only about the size of of Arkansas. So if we start looking at that compounded through the world, and if you speak to people at like Wycliffe Bible Translators and Pioneer Bible Translators and those that are, are invested in that work, we see that there's still a lot more work to be done. God used Joseph to save his people from starvation. God uses Moses to lead used Moses to lead his people out of slavery. God used Nathan to bring about repentance, and I think God wants to use each and every one of us here today to complete his mission. I look around this room and I see, wow, we've got Thailand represented, work going on in Burma, Myanmar. Uh, I know there was a team that went to Laos. Uh, We, you know, that's good for them. If you really want to be a Christian, there's Guatemala over here. There, we've got Canada. I, you know, I, I couldn't, I don't even know how many different areas that this church is involved with in bringing the gospel. I love when I hear that the, the mission's motto of this, con- of this congregation, if I don't get it wrong, is what, across the street and around the world? And I think that's expressed in such an incredible way when University of Arkansas Fort Smith is across the street. But not just across the street, they're right here on campus. They're right here in this room, and they're right here in your hearts. And when, I, I'm telling you, I, I work with a lot of youth groups, but I see the mission's focus that is pounded into their skulls by Rick Odell. And that is expressed through their just traveling throughout the world. And their, and, but not just that, but that it's also next door. They have a thriving thing, and, and I know Dina is working with the kids and and somehow you guys survive what Chris tries to shove down your throats and you but you guys have a missions mindedness in this congregation but one thing that that really strikes me is it's not just a sit back and let's pat ourselves in the back and let's talk about missions it's a let's get up and let's go 
how does God complete his mission of evangelism? How does God complete his mission of missions throughout the world? One of the, one of the passages that touches me the most, and it's, and it's such a framework of what we try to do in our feeble attempts in Guatemala, is seeing in 2 Corinthians 5 that God in Jesus Christ, in the carnation, he came with a ministry of reconciliation. If that was Christ's ministry, and if we were to model ourselves off the Christ, should we not be a reconciling church? God bless you for your work to celebrate recovery. God bless you for having that spirit of God that you want to see people restored, reconciled. You put your money where your mouth is. You put your time where your mouth is. You put your heart there. And this is the work this church is doing. But that passage doesn't stop there. It says then that we receive from him that same ministry. And then it goes on even further to say that we are now ambassadors of God. Some people, as we saw on the previous slide... Some of them will never have a Bible in their own language. There are people that live in this town who will never or have never opened their Bible and read what what those words contain. But every one of them that you come in contact with have the opportunity to see God's word expressed through how you live your life. For some people, you will be the first Bible they will ever read. For some people... You are how God has chosen to reveal himself to them. That's what Chris Benjamin did to me when I was, in camp, when I was a, a student at Arkansas Tech. That's what Freddie, Marcos, Daniel, all these others, these kids in our transition house, that's what's happened to them. And some of you have come to their lives there in Guatemala. Luis, Anna, Baldilio, Milza, Karim. I don't know how many more that I can name. Trust me, they don't have a great preacher. But so many of you have come and shared your love to them. Has, has English and Spanish ever been a barrier? No, because you share your hearts. And if you can do that there, you can do it here. And I believe you do, and I want to encourage you to continue doing so. Without local congregations, evangelistic, and working, and moving, and showing the love of God. Without that happening here, the work there never happens. You guys start the fire. Here in Jerusalem of Fort Smith. Spreading into the Judea and Samaria of Arkansas, United States. And then going out into all the world. It starts at home. Rick's bringing up a future generation of them. Cade is working on on molding young minds in that way. This congregation believes that and they're willing to pay the price to get it done. You guys have invested. Chris hit something earlier about being a teammate with God. Got a young man named Freddie. I tell lots of Freddie stories and they're all true. We've also said this about Freddie and all love. As we got in the line, as God was forming us, it was kind of like a cafeteria deal. You get a little brains, a little good looks, a little heart. Freddie stopped at the heart department, and he just 
give me more, give me more, give me more. And he ran out of time and never made it to Brains. And I love him. But Freddie's heart is so big. He's got so much room for Jesus in his heart. I'll take him over 10 Einsteins any day. This kid, he wants to serve people. He looked for a job to where he could serve. He settled on nursing, scared me to death. You know, I, I, I don't have time to do this, but I've got to tell a Freddie story. I shouldn't have ever got started on this track with him. First week of, of school, we have one of our Americans there visiting. He's sick. And he says, oh, that's great that you're sick. He said, I just finished my first week of, of nursing school, and we learned how to, uh, and we learned how to tell if you, if you got a fever or not. So he gets out his watch, puts his fingers on his wrist. Oh, you got a fever. <laughs> About two weeks later, he's learned how to, take a, how, to, how to check your pulse. So he comes back, and he tries again the same American. He says, hey, I want to check your pulse. He says, okay, that's great. He gives him his arm. He checks it here. He checks it here. He checks it here. He goes up, up, down, down. You don't have one. Your arm's too fat. This kid was at the bottom of his class. <laughs> and he, I just can't do things like the other kids. I can't do this. And I remember when we were talking to him about being a Christian even. It was the same thing. I can't, I can't make these decisions like other people. I just can't do it. I, I, I can't make it. I'm not good enough. We came up with a saying. Freddie, you might not be able to do it. But you and God can do anything. I think God wants to partner with you. I think God wants to partner with all of us. We started working out things with Freddie. He, he, he loved serving in a nursing home there. That He would go every week and help do Bible studies and little activities with them. We talked to the nurses. The nurses took him under their wings. And they would just, basically he would come home from school. He'd have his homework. Okay, you're supposed to learn this, so you're going to do this all night long for the next week. And he would work for free, and he would just work and work and work. He shot to the top of his class in nursing school to the point that not only was he the top of his class, but the owner of the nursing school hired him, picked him personally out of the whole school, and hired him to be the private home nurse for her own father. I said, Freddie, did you tell him about the internship you did? And, and, you know, and, that, that, and did you credit that with your success? He said, no, I want them to think I'm smart. I love Freddie. And so Freddie, he's there working, and it was two young men. Uh, he would work 24, on, uh, 24 hours a day. Then the other one would come in, relieve him, and they worked 24 on, 24 off. They called us and said, we want to fire the other boy, and we want to pay Freddie double if he'll cover both shifts. And he would just live with us. We'll take care of him. We'll even give him a scholarship to go back to school, whatever he wants to do. And at the time, he turned it down because he says, I need, to, I need to be part of my church. They're being quite insistent, but we're going to see what happens with that. But that's, to me, that illustrates perfectly, and I give you 400 stories about that. And it's not just about him advancing in a career. It's not about advancing academically. It's about seeing yourself the way God sees you as his child. And he has invested in all of us. He's given us all talents, abilities, stories, even the hurt and the junk and the pain and the brokenness of your past. If we are faithful to God, God can use that to his glory. And he does it every day. The God of Abraham, Isaac, Moses, 
is your God. And he loves you as much as he loved them. And I think at one time, God walked through the garden to show Adam and Eve his love for them. And that was how people came to know of God. And then he chose certain people, the patriarchs. And he revealed himself to them to show his love for the people. And then it was expressed ultimately through the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Where Jesus Christ walked in flesh to show his love for his people. Ultimately by hanging himself on that cross. How does God choose to show his love to his people today? It's through you. It's through me. It's through all of us. Because we in God, in God make a great team. And I think if we keep moving forward, if we keep believing in God and believing in ourselves, and I think if we put God above all things, if we continue to be a reconciling people, that map I showed earlier can be covered completely red with the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's what we're here for today. I don't know what this lesson is today, to be honest. Maybe it could be a rebuke. Maybe we all need to be doing more, but I don't think that's it. Maybe it's a charge to those who are out working. Uh, maybe it's a charge to Rick. Maybe it's a charge to Cade and Sarah. Maybe it's a charge to keep to go forward and do more. Maybe this is an exhortation to the elders, to Rick, to, to Chris, to each and every one of us to, to do more, to teach more. To continue on in this path. Maybe it's an encouragement to all of us. That as you look at these displays around this table. And you look at lives who have been changed here in this congregation. That God is with you. And God is part of this ministry. And he's partnering with you. Maybe that's your, our encouragement to continue. Maybe this is a message of thanksgiving. That I am one of those lost people. And I'm broken. And this, and this church to me represents the hospital. Where the good physician heals. Maybe this is a call to action. Maybe it's a reminder of, of your, your church's mission to be across the street and evangelizing to all the world. It could be any one of those things, and they're all right and they're all true. But I, I, cannot, I could not waste this time up here today without reminding us all that the power that God promised comes only through Jesus Christ. There is nothing in your past, no sin, no guilt, no shame that is stronger than the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed freely for you if you had only been the only sinner in this world. He loves you that much. And just like with any union, my wife and I, y'all saw my pretty wife earlier, our two children, our love, eventually hit a point that it was so full for each other, it overflowed, into the, and that the only place for it to go was in the children. And I think God has that love for us, and that we are partners with God in His ministry of reconciliation. He's chosen you, because you are good enough. You are worthy. You are sons of the King. And a price has been paid for you. So the only call to action then is, do you believe, number one, that God is really God and that he loves you 
that he wants what's best for you? Do you believe that you can see yourself through Jesus' eyes and have that same love for yourself and to want something for yourself better? If you are not in Christ, can you stop making excuses? Can you, can you accept that love? Can you take the steps you need to take? Whether it be the counsel of an elder or someone trusted, or putting on Christ in baptism. And those of us that have taken those steps, we have received so much, and out of gratitude to God, and out of thankfulness, and out of love for His children, can we partner with God more and more fully to complete His ministry of sharing His love to all this world. Not all of us can pick up and move to Laos. Not all of us can stand before huge crowds as Paul did in the, in, the, in the early part of the New Testament. But we can be prayer warriors. We can be encouragers. We can be collaborators financially and spiritually. You guys have trusted some of your greatest treasures with us. You have sent us the brightest lights of West Ark. 50-something at a time. <laughs> and I love you for it. And I know God loves you for that. And obviously you can see on here that that's just the kind of people that you are. And I want to thank you. And I want to encourage you. The work you do matters. I think it matters to God, it matters to Freddie, and it matters to me. Jesus loves you. Thank you so much for your time. If you have any kind of need, I, I ask you to Grab the attention of someone, one of the men here today who would love to pray with you or, or counsel you towards your next steps. Or whatever you need, just know that God loves you. You and God make a great team. Thank you. Let's stand and sing. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing 